0: We're going to pray right now for God's anointing on his servant. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. It's already anointed. We feel your spirit here today. God, if we went home right now, we could say we've been blessed. But, Father, you have more for us today. And I ask you, Lord, to touch these lips of clay that I can speak the words that you would have me speak, Lord. Open our eyes and our ears so we can see and hear what you'd have to say to us today, God. I ask you to hide me behind the shadow of the cross, Lord, as I minister your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. So thankful to be here on this first Sunday in May. God is still on the throne in May, just like he was in April. Amen. He is. Sister Metz was telling a story and it reminded me of a story of an old widow woman that was in her house and she was poor. She had nothing and she was outside on her porch praying that God would send her food, send her groceries. And she was praying in earnest, crying out to God. And a rich man down the street heard her, didn't believe in God. He thought, I'm going to play a trick on this old lady. Went and bought a bunch of groceries, took them to her porch and set them on her porch. She went outside and she seen them. She began to praise God and thank God for the food, glorifying God's name. That man came to her and said, started laughing. He said, God didn't give you that food. Said, I give you that food. And she went to praying again and said, God, thank you for using the devil to bring me my food. That's the way God works. That's God's way. He'll do it however, whichever, whatever way he wants to do it, he'll do it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My God, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. There's a word in our vocabulary that we use countless times a day. I wouldn't even want to try to number it. And the word is but. B U T. I know some teenagers are probably snickering over there but we're not talking about the backside of someone or something the word but is a conjunction word used to introduce a phrase or a clause contrasting with what was already been mentioned we use the word but all the time all the time paul was writing and thanking the church of philippi for the gifts and then encouraging them with these words but my god shall supply your needs According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The entire Bible is inspired by the Lord. The entire Word of God, every verse is inspired, but some verses mean a little bit more to us. And I like to call them power verses, and this is a power verse for me. Bill Harness is karate man over at West Memphis, but you know what? I love what he says about power verses. He always brings them out. He said, That's a powerful verse right there. That's a power verse. This is a power verse right here today. And, and, and this one just speaks to us loudly today. I want to look at the first word. And in the King James Version, we see it, but, my God, but, my God. The word but is such a small word, but so many times it presents a huge barrier. People will talk about how, what God can do, and they hope he will do, and then someone will stand up and say, but, we used to call that the devil's advocate, in baseball meetings, they would be talking about doing this or that, and, and I would listen to all their suggestions and, and, and things of that nature, and then I would say, but let's look at all sides of this. What are we going to, if we make this decision, how does this affect this decision? But, we're using that word but, and that's the way it is. God doesn't do that anymore. God doesn't use that God doesn't do miracles anymore. God doesn't heal bodies anymore. But, but God can't do that. God, but God can't build a, a huge church in Green Bar. But God can't save the, the worst sinner, the untouchable sinner. But God can't do. That's what we hear. That's what we hear in the voices. Yeah, but, you know, God may do it, but he's going to have to do it this way or that way. God can do whatever he wants to do. Hmm. <laughs> But, you know, I haven't seen God heal people like that. I was in a class in Little Rock, and uh, when I was down there in this Bible class, this missionary was there, and one of the first things he said, he said, how many have ever seen an arm grow from nothing? And I was like, uh, well, nobody. He goes, I have. I was like, I got to hear this. What are, what are you talking about? Wherever he was from, the missionary, he was talking about a healing service, and a little boy walked up, seven or eight years old, without an arm, and he was in a a shirt, and he said, what's wrong with you? What do you need prayer for? He said, I need an arm. He said, they began to pray. He said, and all of a sudden, the arm started growing out of that shirt. That's the kind of miraculous God we serve. But my God shall supply. Hallelujah. 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 But we haven't seen it, so it's hard for us to believe it. Hmm. And then that same person will go on to tell you, well, we've tried that before and it's failed. But but yeah, that's a good idea. But we've tried that before and it's failed. Yeah, but you don't know how hard it is in this community to build a church. We've tried that program in our church before and it didn't work. We tried to have a bus ministry at this church before and it didn't work. Yeah, but this church has always run about 100. That's probably where God wants us to stay. I know what the Scripture says but we can't run a 300 here. I know what the Scripture says, but we can't feed the hungry here. I know what the Scripture says, but we can't minister to the drug addict or alcoholic here. Can you see Jesus talking that way? Can you imagine if there's a book in there? I don't know what it... Maybe it'd be called Thomas, the book of Thomas, and it would say... Jesus would say, man, I'd like to do some healings, but... Thomas, I don't think we can do this. What do I'm just saying. Well, there's five thousand here, but I don't. I don't think we have enough food here. Well, Peter, you're walking on the water right now, but I, I think you're fixing to drown, dude. This is in the book of Thomas, by the way, the fictional, fictitious book I just made up. Well, I wish I'd have gotten here sooner, but I didn't. You guys called for me, but, but, sorry, Lazarus, you're dead. I'm just saying, here in this scripture, Paul is using this conjunction word as a faith statement. (laughs) I love it. He lists the hardships that he's went through to the Philippi church, and then he says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. He tells them everything that he's went through, but then he tells them, you know, it even talks about the gifts that, you know, they've given him and everything. But my God shall supply your need. Hallelujah. People say, oh, don't look at the negative. Just look at the positive. I like to be positive. Guess what, though? Paul shared the bad news with them, too. He let them know what was going on. But my God. <laughs> but my God. Listen to this. Philippians 4 and 12 it says, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. I put Jesus in there myself, which strengthens me. Hallelujah. Christ Jesus. There's another one on power verses right there. I love it. Paul was telling him he knows how it is to be rich, how it is to be poor. He knows how it is to have and to have not. That's what he's letting them know. But... My God, hallelujah. We face problems, but there is an answer. Each and every one of us, we face problems every day. Can I tell you there's an answer? It may be bleak, but there's an answer. It may be dark, but there's an answer. It may be impossible, but we have an answer. Paul is just about to tell you that God can work it out, and he starts with, but, my God, (laughs) hallelujah, but, my God, listen at this. I started to say something. I'm glad I didn't say it. Thank you, Jesus. Joshua 24 and 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers uh, that your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But, but, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I started to say something about big butts, but that's a big one right there. Big but. But, my God. But, my God. But, as for me and my house, amen? But, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Psalms 34 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But my God shall supply your needs according to his riches by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to look at the next few verses here or the few words here. The word my God. What does your God mean to you? When you talk about your God, what does your God mean to you? But my God. He's talking about something personal. Something that he knows all about. This is not something that he's read in a book. It's not something that he's just talked about or, or seen it or maybe grandma had it. This is something he's experienced, his God, my God, my God. He's speaking with confidence. Paul is telling us where to turn. Turn to your God, your God, Jehovah. At least that's where uh, Paul's going to turn. That's what he's saying right here. He's going to turn to my God. How many know that God will not be the last resort in your life? You know that? He's either first place in your life or he has no place at all. You're thinking, well, he still loves me. Absolutely, he still loves you. But he takes his hands off you, and your life becomes your own. You do whatever prideful Drew wants to do when God's not in control. He's not going to be second fiddle. He's not going to be third place, fourth place. My family's first. Oh, let me go here right now, God. I hear you. Your children cannot be number one in your life. Your spouse cannot be number one in your life. God will not do that. He is not your God when your wife is over, over your God. He's a God of order. Here we go again. He's a God of order. It's Him first. It's Him first. It's Him first. It's Him first. It's everything else below that. It's Him first. Your God is number one. Lord Jesus, help us today. Got so many people worshiping their kids. They can't do anything. Can't go to church. Can't pray. Can't study the Bible. Too busy with their kids. The gift God gives you, you're worshiping the gift instead of the creator. You're worshiping the creation instead of the creator. Well, I couldn't go to church. I had to watch that grandbaby. God help us. We better watch it. I know. I'm on dangerous grounds. You're talking about grandkids now. I say it all the time. May God your first choice, not your last resort. When difficulties arise, but God but God first. He is your God, and He is your deliverer. As Christians, we seem to always worry first. Always worry first. Be fearful first. We see something on the news, and the first thing, oh, my word, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to change banks. I'm going to I'm gonna have to do this. I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to have to get a shot. I'm going to have to do this. I'm gonna." Have, I'm telling you, that's that's the first thing we do. Instead, we see it on TV. We see it, and, and oh, Biden ob- or, or Biden opens his mouth. First thing we ought to say, "Oh Lord, touch him right now." CDs. He says, something, "Oh God, touch their mouth right now." I refuse fear. I refuse worry. I will not accept it. They won't put. I'm not their trash can. They're not putting this junk in me. This is not my notes. I'm having trouble following them today, I'm just telling you. Hallelujah. We're always worried about fear and worry, and that's the first thing that comes to us. And then prayer is always second. Prayer is always second. You know, having my dad to to lean on over the years is something great, and, and I'm, I know that I'm privileged to have that. But I find it so interesting that every time we were in trouble with something, the first thing he did was... He would holler out. He'd say, my God, or Jesus, 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 something always. There's a funny story. One time we were in a garage, and, and I think I'd been out there earlier. I don't think I was there when he did it. But he got frustrated at something in the garage, and you tell me if I'm telling it wrong, and he kicked a stroller or a little walker of a baby's. He kicked it. I think he broke his toe. He started hopping around. Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> at least he knew where to go. Most of us, we want to worry about it. We want to investigate it. We want to see what the government says about it. See what the bank says about it. Do everything else before we take it to God. If there's going to be any worrying done, let God do it. Let God do it. Can you just see God up there? Oh, no. I I didn't see that one coming. Where did that? This is crazy. I've said it before and I'll say it again. God was not surprised when your problem come to your attention. I'm going to say it again. He wasn't surprised when your problem come to your attention. See, you had a problem. You didn't even know it was there yet. And before you ever ever got to you and your attention, he already knew about it. He's not surprised by how the world's going right now. He wasn't shocked by the doctor's report. He wasn't shocked by the wayward child. A pandemic didn't surprise him one bit. He wasn't shocked by by the financial status of your bank account or my bank account. He wasn't shocked by the failed marriage. Nothing has caught God off guard nothing has he wasn't even shocked by the presidential election this past fall god still in control he's still in control he's still in control of everything he brides he brings kings up he brings them down he brings them up he brings them down i'm not worried about who's president i just got to mind my boss him first and then her hallelujah he knows all he sees all He was there. He is there. He will be there. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the Lord God Almighty that was, that is, and that is to come. That's my God. He said he knows the plans he's made for you and I. He is an all-knowing God that has great plans for each and every one of us. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful that our God knows what's going on? Before we know, before anyone else knows, nothing shocks him. When I coach baseball, there's things out on the field. I try not to show emotion, and it usually doesn't work because one of them boys will do some of the craziest, dumbest things. I'm thinking, oh, what in the world? I have sitting on my bucket the other day and I took my hat and slapped it on my knee and put it right back on my head and kept, just kept looking down. I thought, why did you do that? Well, they shocked me. I didn't expect them to look that bad and do that bad. God's never shocked, He's never shocked. Isaiah 31 and 1. Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help and stay on horses and trust in chariots because they are many. And in horsemen because they are very strong. But they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. We can't trust in the things we have. I don't care how, how strong your bank account is. I don't care how strong your house is. I don't care how strong anything is in your life. You can't trust in that. You have to trust in God. You may have the best marriage around, but you can't trust in that. you got to trust in God. Hallelujah. Have you ever tested God? Have you determined that the place to turn is to your God? That's the only way you're going to test Him. That's the only way you're going to test Him. Trust Him. Brother Andrew was talking just a minute ago about his tithes. He knew He had the head knowledge. You know, we can get all the knowledge in the world, but if we don't use wisdom with what we know, it does us no good. When he used the wisdom (laughs) that God gave him, his faith rising out of his heart, he gave it. You know what? And he said, it didn't come all at once. You know why it didn't come all at once? Because God wants faithfulness. Faithfulness. It kept happening. Kept tithing. Kept tithing. Kept giving. Kept giving. God said, Look at Dan Andrew. He's, changed. he's had a heart change right here. He's trusting me. Even when he doesn't have it, he's trusting me. I'm going to bless him. I'm going to bless him. I'm going to give him the desires of his heart. I'm going to do something for Andrew he's never seen before. I'm going to blow his mind because he's being faithful. He's being faithful to me. Hallelujah. When we come to the realization that we can't fix anything in our lives and that we need God to do the things we cannot do, which is many things, how much better would we be? How much better would we be when we get to the end of ourselves? I say it all the time. We need to get to the end of ourselves because when we have nowhere else to go, then it's easy to look up. I've asked that question before. Why do people wait until they hit rock bottom before they look up? Because they have nowhere else to go. There's nowhere. Finally, they're in a place where, God, it's you or nothing. I pray, man, God, help me. Don't make me get to rock bottom before I get back with you. Lord, help me to stay with you and not and, and get to that point. Sometimes it seems like the only time we reach out for God is when we come to the end of ourselves. My prayer is that we come to the end of ourselves quicker rather than later. Stop trying to fix everything that God already has a plan to fix or He's working in your life. The best laid plans is going to fall by the wayside. We need to, we need to be praying God's will. God, you know I don't want to walk through that, but I want your will, because if that's going to make me better on the other side, I want that. Or if that's your will, and I don't even see how that's going to make me better, I want your will. Lord, help me walk in your will. Help me walk in your ways. Hallelujah. Stop trying to fix everything God's already doing. Get out of God's way and let him work his plan in your life. Here's some words we never seem to want to hear, and I'm going to say them right here on the first Sunday of May. Lord, help us. Lord, help us to submit. I don't even like submitting to the checker at Burger King. I'll just be honest to you. You know they all. They have all the power. They got the food back there and everything. And I'm in their mercy. I don't even want to submit to that. I want them to read my mind to tell me what I want. How about another word? Surrender. Somebody said, why do we lift our hands? That's an easy one. I always say, that's surrender to God. That's why we played Cowboys and Indians, stick them up. Surrender. I surrender. Surrender to God. Submit to God. How about turn loose? We have such a hold on everything. I got such a hold on my kids. I, I, you know, God, I can't trust you. I got to do everything for them because I don't believe you're big enough, and I'm not going to say that out loud, but that's really how I'm acting. Turn loose. You can't save them. You can't deliver them. Turn loose of them. Put them in God's hands. Put them in God's hands. How about this? Give up. Used to be a song. Give up and let Jesus take over. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's what we all need to do. We need to submit and surrender and give up. Trust God that he's going to do what he needs to do in our lives. Stop trying to fix everything. Amen. The Bible says, but my God shall supply. He shall supply shall supply. I like to use the word will. He will supply. He's going to supply. It's going to happen. There's no doubt about it. He's going to supply. I want you to get that in your spirit today. God shall supply. I want you to notice that Paul speaks not just from a revelation standpoint. He, He speaks this from an experience standpoint. Amen. His needs has been supplied by God. It's why it's easy for him to say when you've experienced something and you know it already in your heart, it's easy to tell somebody about it. Wow. In other words, God didn't just reveal this to Paul. Paul knew that God would supply because of his personal experience. If you walked where Paul walked and experienced what Paul experienced, you would say these words with boldness. But my God shall supply. Hallelujah. But my God shall supply. We have too many people that know things in their head but don't know it in their hearts. Wow. Wow. We know the word. There's people that can quote the Bible inside and out, frontwards, backwards. But you know what? They don't have it in their heart. They're not trusting God. They're not believing God. Hallelujah. They haven't proved God. They haven't proved God. They haven't leaned on him solely and to where he's the only help that's going to come. They haven't done that. They've always had this a little bit in reserve. It's kind of like me with my car payment. If I know I can't make it. I've got some people living right next to me called mom and dad. And I'm like, there's a little reserve down there I could probably borrow a little bit. Fully trust God. Make a decision. I'm not borrowing money from mom and dad anymore. I'm trusting God. You know what? I need a bigger blessing. I'm going to give bigger. I need, I, need, I need God to do things in my life. I need the windows of heaven to open up and pour out blessings on my life and my finances. I'm going to give more than I ever give before. Well, it's good to have somebody to lean on. Mom and dad's probably saying, it's about time for you to get out of the nest. (laughs) Hallelujah. You have to learn things of God by doing, not just by hearing and learning about it. You have to do them. You have to put them into practice. You have to lean on the Word of God. Brother Tony Burrow used to always tell me, he said, put put yourself inside the Bible, that, that scripture, and live that scripture that day. I've been working on a sermon that talks about the difference between experience and encounters. Experience and encounters, because we had some great experiences, had some great experiences in our life. We all have them. We all have them in God. But the encounters with God. Is that's when God speaks to us. That's when he, you know, we want to hear his voice. I want to have an encounter with somebody. You know, and when I want to talk to him, I want to have an encounter with him and talk to him and get to know him. That's what we need with God. We need to know him better and have that encounter where he can speak into our life. Paul had both. Paul knew God would supply because he had been beaten and left for dead. But he lived. <laughs> Hallelujah. He had been shipwrecked, but God saved him from the storm and the snake. He's proven God. He's proven God. He had been in financial difficulties, but God provided. He had been in prison, in bondage, but God set him free. Hallelujah. By, by the way, did you keep, notice I kept saying, but God, but God set him free. But, but that little word, three-letter word, it's incredible. You may be able to argue with someone about doctrine, but you can't shake someone's experience. You're not going to talk me out of Jesus. You're not going to talk me out of what I've experienced in God. Once you've had an encounter with God, everything changes. Paul had an experience with God. He also had an encounter with God. I hear, hear people saying that God doesn't do miracles anymore. Healing is in the past. Speaking in tongues and the power of the Holy Ghost, that's not for today. They've done away with it. They've come too late to tell me that. They've come too late to tell me that. The third member of the Trinity is full inside of me. Hallelujah. This is the temple right here. You are the temple. You are the temple. The Holy Ghost is living inside of you. Hallelujah. That tongues and interpretation. Man, we need God to speak to us more and more and more. Every time we have tongues and interpretation in this church, that's an encounter with God. He's speaking from the throne room to TFT. Hallelujah. We need more of God's encounters in this church and in our lives. Hallelujah. i got to keep moving. It's all blurry up there. I'm going to need like one of these screens back there before long. I know that I know that I know my God shall supply. My God shall supply. Then we see what God will supply. You know, you think, oh, you get some supplies in. Sometimes you get supplies in. When we we were evangelizing, people would give us a grocery pounding. and, And so you're thinking, well, these are new supplies. You take them into the bus and you look at it and it's, Peas and peas and more peas and cans of peas and peas and peas and and you get four or five groceries of peas. You're like, that's not a very good supply. God knows exactly what we need. Then we see what God will supply. He said he will supply all our needs. All our needs. We don't just need peas. We need some corn, some green meat. We need some meat. We need some eggs. We need need different things. God knows what we need. He said he'll supply it. Here we go again, breaking down these words. The next thing Paul says is all, all your needs. He didn't say just some of them. Well, God's going to supply some of these needs, or maybe some of the smaller ones, or maybe some of the less expensive ones. He said all of your needs he'll supply. All your needs. All. And that's exactly what it means. All means all. God is concerned about every need that you have. And he'll meet every need that you have. He doesn't say, well, I can't handle this problem. This one's too big, Bo. I can't do it. You've asked the one thing I can't do. There's a guy that prayed to God and said, God, I want to understand women. God said, that's too hard. What else do you want? He said, well, build me a bridge from Los Angeles to Uh, Hawaii or I said that backwards anyway God built him the bridge instead of helping him understand women something that was too big I butchered that joke and you're still laughing that's pretty good then all of our needs and nothing's too big for him nothing's too I'm out of words here nothing is too big for my God here's the problem it's me because when he says he'll supply all my needs, but then when my toe goes to hurting, God, there's people with cancer, there's, there's people with dying kids, you know. God, I, you know, I don't want to pray for my toe today. And He cares about everything, all of our needs. Now, I'm not saying pray for your toe all day, but, you know, give some of these other people a prayer, but God cares about all of it, from the smallest to the biggest. God's concerned about every need that we have God wants to take care of all our needs. Every good husband, they want to take care of the needs of their wife. They do. They, they want that wife. When you walk in the door, that wife just smiles. and like, Look at that big hunk of meat. That's all mine. He's been working all day, bringing in all that loot for us. Amen. That's what guys want. Come up and kiss you, says, honey, you just look good. You smell good, even though you're sweaty and stinky. That's what guys want. I don't even know where I'm going with that. But still, that's what guys want. God will supply them all. That's right. God's concerned about every need that we have. Oh, that's what I was talking about. We like to supply things for our kids. You know, my, my kids will ask me for something, and there's been times in their life where they ask me for something. They said, Dad, I know this is probably too expensive, but I'd like to have this, this, this. Man, when they say that, it's like a challenge. Oh yeah? I'll work harder hours. You will get that and you will like it. Don't you challenge me with that? I'm rich. I'm going to supply all your needs. Listen at this, 1 Peter 5 and 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Hallelujah. Don't you love God's word? You can find anything you need in God's word. And there it is again. Casting all your care. If we just cast our care on him, stop looking to do it in ourselves and realize he wants to do it. Don't say, well, God, I just don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be a burden on you today, God. Cast your cares upon him for he cares for you all of what he said he'll he's going to meet your needs he shall supply all your needs all of what all of your needs all of your needs aren't you glad that the word all by the spirit personalized it all right let me show you but my god shall supply all kim's needs but my god shall supply all metz's needs elma's needs Shelley. Jackson, Scott, my God shall supply all Drew's needs. Hallelujah. It makes it personal. You can put your name in there. He's talking about you. The government may look at us like a bunch of numbers. Give you that Social Security card. I'll tell you the funniest thing, and you want to ever do this, is when me and Shelly decided to get married, I had to go get a marriage license, and I didn't have a Social Security card. Mom and Dad never got me one when I was a kid. So here I am, 21 years old, walking into... I guess it was a post office, so I don't know, whatever office you walk in for that. And I said, I need to get a social security number. And they look at me like, what? I need a social security number. They said, you don't have one already? I said, no, I don't have one. I "I, I didn't know everybody had them. I was just like, really? I didn't know. I'm from Illinois. I didn't know that. People from Illinois didn't know that. (laughs) That's the way the government looks at us, though. We're just a number. He cares about, God cares about each and every one of us. He knows us personally. He wants to know us even better than we. You know, he does whether we agree with it or not, whether we come to him or not. He still knows you better than anyone else does. We say, well, I'm too small and insignificant. I'm not the pastor. I haven't been saved that long. Well, I haven't always lived right. So, you know, God, this, this promise is probably not for me. Can I tell you no? You hate the word no too, but can I tell you no? Stop thinking that way. Stop thinking that way. That's stinking thinking. Stop thinking that way. These are God's promises. Paul is talking right to you. God will meet your needs, and he will meet all your needs. My God will supply all your needs. Get that in your heart today. If you don't take anything else home, get that in your heart today. He's going to supply all your needs. And finally, we see the source. It's according to his riches In glory by Christ Jesus. Wow. I'll say it backwards. Wow. It's incredible. He's going to supply these needs. How? Through his riches. According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. According to his riches in glory, God supplies our need by the supply in heaven. That just didn't excite on God like it excited me. Everything in heaven you're going to supply my needs with the things in heaven according to the riches in heaven? God, that's how you're going to supply my needs? That's pretty exciting. If I was dependent on all my needs to be, uh, to be given to me by the city of Greenberg, I'd be sorely disappointed. If it was all my needs by my mom and dad, I'd be sorely disappointed. But my God, my God supplies my needs. By his riches in glory. By his riches in heaven. It's the riches of heaven is how he's going to meet my needs. Hallelujah. It's according to his riches. It's not according to my bank account, your bank account, anyone's bank account. It's according to his riches. God uses all the supply of heaven to meet our needs. And according to, according, the word according means not merely from his wealth, but also in a manner that benefits his wealth on the scale worthy of his wealth. In other words, God's not going to give you something He's not proud of. When He supplies your need, it's not going to be something. Well, I'm just barely going to brother Scott. I'm going to give you a crumb there. And there you go. You sniff that out like an art bark, and you just suck it up in there, and you'll be all right. No, it's according to His riches. You know what? And there's there's standards there in heaven. There's standards in heaven. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says. Give and it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, running over. He's an abundant God. He wants to bless us according to his riches. He wants to bless us. He wants to meet our needs according to his riches. And we see his riches. He's an abundant God. The Bible says he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Are we afraid to ask? Once again, I don't really deserve it. I'm not this. I'm not that. You know what? You're under the blood. You've asked God to forgive you. You're a son or a daughter of God. This is your right. My kids never come to me and say, Dad, I'm not the best of your kids, but uh, will you give me a dollar? Not one time. Yesterday, we went to a ranger event. Carden walked up and he said, Dad, can I have $2? And I said, for what? He goes, I'd like to get a soda. And I was thinking, man, that's an expensive soda, two bucks. He walked over there, he'd come back, and he had a pickle, a soda, a Rice Krispie treat. And I was like, <laughs> two bucks? That goes a long way down there at the ranger event, I'll just tell you. I was like, what do they got for supper? We may stay here. Sometimes we're just afraid to ask. Carden wasn't afraid to ask one bit. He knew his dad loved him. He knew his dad had a dollar, and he'd give him a dollar if I had it. And I did. The, the mistake I made is when I pulled out that 10, and he's seen it. That can no, that's the end. Them $2 is all you get. God's got enough. God's got enough to supply your need. Sometimes we act like, you know, heaven's just barely making it up there. They're working them books, you know, they're frantically trying to make everything work. He's not in trouble up there. He owns everything. He created everything. Oh, my word. God's got enough. We're just afraid to ask for it. But my God shall supply <laughs> my needs by Christ Jesus. Everything God does here on earth is through Christ Jesus. How many knew that? It's through what Jesus did on the cross. It's through what he did on the cross. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of the sacrifice Jesus made, that's why we must use the name of Jesus in prayer. In the name of Jesus. Shelly, would you come back? John 14 and 13 said, And whatsoever ye ask, Ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I'm going to tell you, I printed up two more pages of scriptures over and over and over. Acts 4.12, I love this one. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. It's all about Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Would you stand with me? You're going to move heaven when you're praying in the name of Jesus. My God, but my God, shall supply all of your needs, all my needs, all this church's needs. How? According to his riches and glory. Hallelujah. You know what? I'd like to buy the next house. And I think to myself, I would drive by there and I see that. And I was like, Lord, I don't want to kick anybody out of their house. But I just feel like you want us to have that one day. I don't see how it's going to happen. But I'm believing you and your riches according to your will. I'm speaking it in faith. I'm prophesying in faith. That next piece of property is going to be ours too. I'm not a person that likes to be in debt. I want this next one paid for. And by my God shall supply our needs according to his riches and glory. He has the money. He has the finances for it. But you know, not only that, He has what we need in our health, in our bodies, uh, you know, favor with men. God says we would have that. He does all these things. He, did, he supplies all these things. If we just trust Him, ask Him, ask and obey. Hallelujah. I want you to find you a place to pray. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, Would you meet me up here in the front? I would love to talk to you about Jesus. Christians, I want you to find you a place to pray. And pray that prayer. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Put your name in there. He's going to supply your individual needs. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for this scripture. Lord, this book that you give us. God, I love it. I love that we can read about you, Lord, your personality, your traits, Lord. God, your word is true, and I thank you for it, that we can stand on it, we can lean on it, Lord. You're a powerful God, and you're going to supply all of our needs. I ask you, Lord, that we hear these words today, Lord, and we seal them right now in the altars, Lord, as we pray unto you. God, let this word go deep, Lord, and take root. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Amen.